Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Bobby Sapphire, and I'm here with the first KTOD podcast, KTOD Radio. Uh, with me, as always, is three-time Star Wars CCG World Champion, Justin H2O Desai. What's up, Justin? What's up, guys? Excited to talk about the set in its entirety. We got it. Uh, my brother, Maddie's here. What's up, Maddie? What's up, baby? I was... Uh... I may or may not have been driving and looking at my phone as the spoilers were <laughs> scrolling down my screen. So, uh, yeah, very excited to talk about this. Nice. And then off the leash, Stevie gets. What's up, Steve? What's up, guys? It's uh, about time you let me off the leash. Jeez. The thing I'm most nervous about about podcasting like this is just <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to do or when you're going to do it. So we'll just see how that goes. Let's get a pop. This broadcast yeah, rated EBMA. Yeah, we should cue this. It's always sunny. Wild card. He cut the brakes. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till we ha- start having some friendly rivalries turn into turn into unmitigated disasters. But I'm, I'm still waiting for you to allow me to go into the public Discord. I I've I've ban- I already had them pre-ban you, so you actually can't join. <laughs> it's just like safer. the safest way to do that. Probably for the best. All right, let's talk about Spark of Rebellion. We got. All of the cards. Actually, I should talk about what the ethos of the podcast is first. We're a bunch of players who like aim to be competitive at card games. We've always been competitive at card games. And uh, the reason why I wanted to jump into the podcasting realm is because we need to like have more team meetings where we like kind of all just sit down and talk, the four of us. And if we're going to do that, I think it would be beneficial for people who also are competitive minded to sort of you know, chime in on that, be able to participate by like commenting or when we do this live chatting. Uh, so did you guys have any thoughts about like why we should do this or just about like talking about the game and how we prep? Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for people to see what people who had success in card games think about when they're planning for events and that OP's sort of out for a while, not out for a while. Um, you know, in a year, this will be behind closed doors in a secret laboratory. But for now, everyone gets this kind of sneak in the window and be voyeurs into our process. So I think it'll be exciting for the for the fans. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got to be tough playing a card game and never being competitive at it. So being able to have insight into the people that have been and are successful at games, um, yeah, it's like a, it's a nice little tease. Yeah, I think, like, in terms of, you know, what you said, like, if people want, like, are casual and want to jump into competitive, it can be good for that. I think people still, like, really have fun just building their Palpatine deck and never playing anything else in, in Star Wars games. Yeah, and like, you know, I think putting a competitive lens, like you said, even for uh, casual players to jump in and just be like, oh, they did this in their Palp deck, you know, like you brought up, like, I'll give that a try. Like, you know, yeah, just gives sometimes you a someone just wants prism. to dip in. Yeah, yeah exactly. So cool. Works. All right. Spark of Rebellion. We got uh, during the FFG, FFG stream on Saturday where they had all the content creators go and hang out. We got the rest of the cards. So um, I think let's just dive in. I mean, the first ones that I really thought were worth talking about at least was Super Laser Blast. It was kind of like one that we were curious if it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. But we have our defeat all units in both arenas, including leaders effect. This is definitely a wow card. Um, Defeat all units, not just non-leader units. So you're talking about everything going away. Um, resetting the board. Any card with super laser in the title apparently is just the best card in the deck. So um, I think this is a this is a game changer. And I think in playtesting so far, we've seen a lot of board states where 
um, one player pulls ahead by having three or four units out and sort of saying, hey, I can't do anything out. Let's go to game two or, you know, the mat that game is over. And with this card out, I think you're going to see a lot less of that. There's going to be, oh, did I draw it? Did you draw Super Layers of Blast and, and reset everything and stabilize? Um, and it's in a color scheme that's, you know, a lot of removal in those, in those decks already. So now you're just... I love that color scheme. And... Yeah, I actually played some games last night and already had that, where he was about to scoop it up. I was playing with Wu, and he was about to scoop it up. He's like, well, I guess I could draw my other Super Laser Blast. And then he did. Uh, I don't remember exactly what happened that game, but he he hit the thing he needed. I had just played a Vader and put two things out. Um, yeah, and it, re and it just reset everything again. Coming from that, yeah. uh, you know, I'm the blue, green, black, you know, kind of player. And coming from before Super Laser Tech, there were times where you're a, you're just on the cusp of stabilizing, and they shut you down by dropping a lot of units. Uh, they're gonna have to think twice about that, which is gonna make your spot removal better. And then on top of that. Um, you know, after the board reset, that spot removal, you know, can can keep you afloat, especially with the Avenger as a big follow-up to the Super Laser. So I think it's a great card. I think it's actually better against the more mid-range strategies than ag aggro because it takes a while to get there. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a great. Yeah, it's gonna be tough ad. to get to eight. Um, but what decks do you think benefit the most from this, or does it like put any any leaders on the map that weren't on the map already? I definitely think it leaves some room to get a little bit more creative with the Palpatine decks. Um, it's a little awkward playing that on eight because that's when Palpatine comes out. Um, and the other thing I've really thought about when it comes to this card is figuring out the situations where you can play it when you don't have initiative. Because like the last thing you want to do is just run this out on eight and then them follow it up with a five drop or a three drop or a seven drop or whatever it is like there's got to be a really interesting sequencing order for those turns to make sure that it's kind of like a, the last thing that's played on the turn um so like i couldn't get almost cute with emperor with it where you do end up running that out on eight if you get into that back and forth game and then just playing the emperor on nine and stealing whoever they they follow it up with yeah. yeah, it's an interesting point. I think that um, it actually sort of changes the way that Fett's Fire Spray will get played into this card, because you may end up holding back your Fett's Fire Spray and not playing it because it's, you know, it's its ability to, to ready right away and, and, and do five points of damage um, would be unique. So, like, if you think about some Boba games earlier where you've got a little bit of a board lead because you've got a leader that comes out on five and maybe... Barrage, and you've got you know a unit with a with a shield or something, and you just push the tempo, and you say, okay, here now there's there's Fett's fire spray, and I've got four units, and you've got one after that big Boba turn. Well, now the Boba player might actually hold this card back, thinking that you know if if the blue black player can get to eight and board wipe, then you just play the Fett's fire spray and attack and have them make force them to have removal for that. Yeah, I think it's going to change the entire way mid-range decks play, um, sort of along the lines of what you said. But if we like just kind of extrapolate a little from that and think about where it goes from there, you know, I've already got three units out. I've already done all my attacks for the turn. Um, you know, my opponent is is a blue player, blue villain player, and they are on seven resources. Like, I might just claim to try and get an attack mm -hmm. in early, and 
so not only does that try and give me initiative, but then what if they haven't used all of their actions or resources for the turn? Like I'm already kind of weaker. Like you get into that pass pat, like then, so like maybe I want to pass and they pass or they take initiative and then they open up with super laser blast. So like there's going to be a lot of play counterplay that comes into trying to play around this card and figuring out how to navigate that successfully. I think it's going to be really difficult. Um, and then yeah. following up on one of Steve's points, just about like, you don't want to just play this into an open board only for them to follow up with a bunch of stuff. Like, I think that means like, I think currently these villain control decks aren't going to be able to only play removal. You kind of have to have a board state to, you know, be able to take actions, reset some things, get your opponent to play more stuff and then yeah, super them. laser blast. Yeah. And be, and be pretty comfortable knowing that you're going to lose some cards and it's not going to be like a four for one, but it's more right. of like a, a, a jousting sort of, or jostling for position card. I yeah. agree a hundred percent because if you think about it, you know, blue black's going to be removing things regardless so you're not going to just have where the opponent goes, you know, unit, 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 and has five things out. And then, you know, if you think about the units that Blue Black are, is playing, you've got those units remove other units. So you're kind of just tempoing up until this card comes out and, and hoping that your end game is just bigger at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I have uh, one question I want to pose to you guys. Do you think this is a 3x card in control decks? I'm a two boy with yeah, it. I, I think, think it's two. It's, two. Uh, yeah, I th I mean, I think the cost. You're not going to get to use it all the time. You still have to index against the aggressive decks. They're not going to go away. Um, I think you're going to get diminishing returns after the first one because you know the the way the board state will be and the way that usually the cards in hand are. It's kind of like close to an off the top slugfest, and then all your cards get better when you follow it up. Like your, you know. Um, uh, power of the dark side and your avenger and even like if you keep in a vanquish like those one x removals will let you get on the board and remove something versus if you have to keep tapping out to to you know to play the big spell that they can catch up easily so i think two is good but yeah i would probably have the three third, all day. Three all day. third in the sideboard at least uh yeah, Justin loves his high cost cards for sure. He and like, you know, obviously good points about resourcing them early. I just think you also want to play some hammers to follow this up. The the Re reinforcement walker, avenger, devastator. It's just the high cost cards are going to um the, it's going to be a tipping point where you're just going to have those games where you don't have stuff to play when you need it early if if you're not careful about that balance. Right. But you know what I like three I got no is problem if you got a force throw. If you got, you know, if you're playing red as well, that that becomes interesting, or the third in the board, because as we'll talk about with some of these cards that got released that um, have you know uh, discard effects, like you you know you might want to bring in a, a third in the board. But I, I like two. But there's I get, definitely I get the reasons, point. and it depends on the deck for sure. But I think there's yeah. cases for both. Mm -hmm. I really like. I think even you know we were already pretty high on Iden as a group, but I what I kind of love about this. Uh, sort of going off what I was saying earlier, like you have Iden out, she's she's usually pretty good at taking out a couple things, but if there's a ton of units on the board and you super laser blast, she heals from all those guys that you kill, which is like can be a big reset where you get to heal mm -hmm. a bunch all at once before she dies or as she dies. That's a lot of triggers, and also it's a lot of triggers is irrelevant Gideon Hask triggers if these two cards interact with each other. Yeah, I know. I have, have them on the slide because they're villain blue, just but sitting in in the air, where just, do they all go? It's a they just slowly fall back to earth. But this, 
this guy is is pretty interesting even in an Iden deck i had him used against me in Iden yesterday and he was he was really good because there's so few five fives like you guys have seen me try and even jam like wedge into decks because like having a five 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 drop is pretty rare in the first set but this guy with ecl um or backed up by removal it can pump like it can pump your inferno four it can pump your death troopers there's a lot of things that it just sort of like makes a force and what i like about it is sort of thinking about when we're a control deck and we need to turn the corner and start attacking um and cards that let us do that is actually end the game quicker and not you know slowly like death by a thousand cuts and i like that this guy can do that yeah, yeah i mean great. yeah good ecl target good like if he comes into play tapped and you have things on the board he can still work but they have to deal with them they have to deal with them before your Iden comes out so it's kind of like the kanan turret thing it's like do they do they take him down if you're there playing blue do they deal with this card or do they you know wait so it makes a decision it's a good ecl target i think it's still good coming to play tapped um yeah the i love i love that cards Black this are card. just so good though like it's i mean in all the the color spokes it's just like the five cost cards are so good if you're thinking about you know blue black green this guy's competing with some real solid five drops i think he's definitely in there but um you know that's where you're seeing a lot of the stats kind of jump and the abilities jump in my opinion yeah i think everyone except for hero blue green is like like a luke um right or chariot deck is really struggling at five but everyone else is kind of cooking uh, all right, what, what's another deck that you guys are really liking uh, after seeing the new cards? Jump in with this, Steve. What, what, what do you got for us? Uh, kind of a tangent to the question. I'd be interested in probably the next thing I want to try to work out um, is if there's a green-blue Tarkin deck with Tarkin and Gideon where you're just overloading the board with your experience tokens. Mm -hmm. And then you can uh, back it up on maybe the Emperor's card if they wipe you. Yeah, I had been playing um, Tarkin, Mono Green, for a little while, um, and it definitely had some promise. Um, but just staying in that one color felt like it was always just a little far behind. So that's definitely one of the things I want to try to mess around with is see if there is a Tarkin blue mid-range deck where you can just overload with experience tokens on your guys um i mean along those lines you're kind of going to end up walking yourself right into super laser blast but once you start stacking those experience tokens it can snowball real fast yeah it's a deck that'll be susceptible to super laser blast but you know with the shield base right to give tarkin blue um you might be able to stick an official stick a, um, an emperor's royal guard shield it start buffing it hitting they're blocked so you it you know you've got some play you got some card draw with Tarkin too, the the four cost one, um, so you can get some card advantage. Mm -hmm. That could be a thing. Any uh, were any other of the other new cards along like something that you could throw in there, or should we switch to talking about a different deck? No, you can switch it up. Yeah, um, let's see what else we got. Move on the next slide. Talk about the next cards. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I just kind of was going to pop into whatever decks we wanted to talk about, but I'll talk about Bib because I think that Bib is like completely insane. 
uh, used him a bunch yesterday, uh, played against him a bunch, and he just changed, like, you know, shielded is something we've already seen ourselves gravitate towards in Boba Fett decks and just in general, how good a shield is. And having another two drop that's shielded in yellow that lets us actually, like, he lets us play barrage on the four research turn if we need to, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, wow. He lets us, um, he lets us fit in, uh, you know, he's another card that lets us play shoot first for free or a one cost, uh, surprise strike you know whaley is for two resources essentially so he just he does a lot and i think he pairs obviously really well with boba fett uh and and like a java package yeah um there's a lot of times that i saw boba too early have like you know you untap one or two resource and you can't you're just like you're just short of doing something else and this opens that up where you know you have two resources and you tap you know bib and then you know you're able to to waylay for two or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The one yeah, thing I, I do want to try that's probably a little bit outside the box is if Bib allows the green uh, Boba Fett decks to try to play. Um, was it cutting the double yellow card? Because mm-hmm. like if he's subtracting one from that, that extra tax by not having double yellow seems a lot more reasonable and that card has always been a blowout in my opinion yeah i mean that's it's really actually, great yeah, if it costs five we'd probably still be playing it in boba fett so and you could mize like one even if you don't have them and just if you if you hit it on six it's not mm. crazy that's really interesting yeah, i think he's interesting point, with jabba too like um because if you have both of them out and then you're looking at you know stuff just costs essentially minus two with his ability I wonder if it's even possible you'd play Asteroid Sanctuary and then just like basically then you're thinking about taking that shield concept to a whole nother level mm-hmm. where all of your units have shields. Um, he's a really interesting card. I think we're we're seeing we we can talk about this with, with other cards, but a shielded early drop also is great to take off a shield from a from a large unit later on. Like this, the shielded concept on cards that you're not really trying to keep keep around, you can kind of ram them in. Um, to something just to bump a shield off and trade shields and you know boba living or bib living for a little bit longer it's going to help you when you're playing those actions but also just mm-hmm. ramming him in just to bump a shield off and trade shields is yeah great. even I, late I love... after he's already lost his shield and they drop Iden. Iden and shielded units in general are really tough for boba fett um, but shielded leaders are just like almost 100%. impossible for boba fett to deal with so like even if bib even if you're sacking bib just to take I didn't shield like you already got some value out of his first shield. You probably get some value out of his event text. Like the idea that he just lives long enough to do more than one thing is really great. He also has three booty, which, you know, like a lot of times in the blue decks, we're playing make an opening because it's good against aggro and good against Bobo with the, you know, with those shielded two butt guys. So like, can't doubt of that. That seems pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's small, it's niche, but it's there. It's it's you know. Yeah, he's really like great. Yeah, the only only hang up is that he's unique. You know, so like you could run into some issues when you play three of them, which like you're going to because he's that good. Where you can kind of get jammed up with bibs, but um, that's the beauty of being able to resource any card you want. But that's that's like the only thing that I think is even remotely a like a detriment to him. Did you try him with double? Uh, cunning because like along those lines of the four the the five cost uh cunning a three, three cost, cost cunning seems pretty busted i did too. i like, did and i actually yeah. was able to double cunning in one five cost turn by like you know 
bouncing, double tapping, and then uh, I think I discarded then plus forward something. So like yeah. I had a I had a crazy turn in in mono yellow where I double cunninged because of him. Seems good. <laughs> yeah, he does seem great with cunning. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. All right, what other decks you want to talk about? Justin, you want to talk about Chirrut? Yeah, let's talk let's about some Chirrut. Do we want to discuss Ooh. Sneak Attack real quick? I think that card's pretty overrated, first of all. Um, I know it was on the previous slide. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just had these on here in case we did talk about them. I think, like, you know, you two-for-one yourself is my biggest issue with it. Um, but in the in the right moment, at the right situation, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> I just don't yeah, know how it... often that situation's going to be. Keeping it quick, because I am excited to talk about Jurit and the red cards. Like, maybe it's a double yellow thing where, you know, you're sneaking in. The bounce guy earlier, you're sneaking in. Uh, the discard, we're like, yeah, you're kind of two for one, but you're making tempo play, you're, you know, something like that. So I think it has to work with either come into play effects or something that's really going to kill a leader. Um, so we'll see. It's something to track. Yeah, the only card I, I really like it with. Uh, go ahead, Steve. No, go ahead, Mike. I was just the the ruthless raider, where it comes into play. It hits the base for two. It hits a guy for two. You attack for four, and then it leaves play. You hit the base for two, and you hit another unit for two. Can, That's like, a big one. Do a yeah, ton of damage, but like enter base. But then like you you know there aren't a lot of cards like that, so it's a it's a card to keep an eye on. But um, again, like. That's the only situation currently that I see that is a complete two for one on yourself because the mm -hmm. Ruthless Raider can basically, you know, kill two to three things on its own in one unit, in one turn rather. But the other red ship. Uh, yeah, you could do it with the Interceptor. Death too. Trooper. There's stuff. There's stuff. I just don't know if those combos are being played yet. Yeah. Um, Built in. And it's a rare, which is kind of a depressing rare to open, but good. what was your point, Steve? I was going to say, if anything, I could see it possibly getting slotted into some type of combo Han deck. Um, I think his mechanics are probably one of the few that kind of circumvent the normal rules of the game. I just haven't figured out a way to actually like take advantage of it. Yeah, maybe a black one where you really need to dig for something or, or like... Um... That, that's uh, yeah, a good call. Black one. Lando or something. Lando, you, with black one. One of the things with those effects where you have to discard your hand is you don't want to have a hand, and being able to sneak mm -hmm. attack that in is a card that lets you discard your hand yeah. and basically two Oh, black one does it when he dies too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah so you can kind of like, yeah, yeah. You That's can, a good point, Steve. Really, I think really I think in Han, sneak, sneak him in, play a card or two off the draw, then refill your hand when he dies. All right, anyone listening, uh, call to action. I want to see you put Sneak Attack into uh, a Han deck because, uh, hey, our red Han short is like one of our most popular ones. So people like it, uh, yeah. you know. All right, let's talk about Chariot. Where are we going? Slide six? Nope, that's that one. Electrostaff slide? Ooh, it's my favorite slide. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll segue right into U-Wing reinforcement right after we have the Chariot fight. So go ahead, lay, lay down the Chirrut uh, pros and cons for us. So in my opinion, Chirrut isn't can't operate like a regular deck. I've been saying this a while in our in our Discord. I think you have to lean into card disadvantage and make them have the waylays, the bouncers, things, and two for one use and the removal spells, um, and just jam this on an early unit, press the tempo, and then their removal on. 
either well maybe that card just wins it's probably not at some point they're gonna they're gonna answer it either attacking into it um but by virtue of having this card it gives you a, a, a amount of um items that you can put on your early early units without sort of diluting your turret turn and sort of you know we've had that moment where like do i put it on the early unit to push the tempo or do i wait for chur well now you're going to have enough um you're always going to have these and if you have this with lightsabers and and other other um items i think you can sort of have two waves of pressure that you put on so if you hit your early two drop um and then you you press something on him whether it's a lightsaber on on three resources or an electro staff or if you get the guardian of wills and you're actually double um jamming something on there depending on the matchup right like maybe you're playing against sabine or, or leia you know they don't have um like a straight removal spell but you know, obviously you're not doing that against boba but you make them answer that and then your cheer at turn it's the second wave he's like hey i'm back mm -hmm. and he's obviously going to benefit from that a lot more so that's my take on it i think you need to sort of lean into that process you can't sort of play the deck you can play a few takedowns and vanquishes and and maybe an obi or a luke at the top end but I think you really do need to sort of lean into what you are if you're playing this. And I'm excited to try it in in blue blue chariot for sure. Yeah, I think I think if you're going to lean in, I think we've we found that the double blue uh is a great way to do it. I I at least in my experience, the double blue ate alive a lot of the aggro strategies uh which was really enticing. Um there's a lot of power there. I agree. I love that strategy of we're going in. My regional governor is getting a shield, and it's and it's jamming, baby. And the second you deal with that and and put yourself at a disadvantage, yeah. Well, Chirrut's coming in with some boys. Maybe forces with me, and right. you know, what what do you have now? So I I like that that kind of. I think it's one of those things where you see how the meta is shaking out, and it's always this deck we have in our back pocket of like, oh, is this, is this the time? You know, is this the time to go with the double blue? And there's a power level there that I think people aren't expecting. It's also one of those decks that's like kind of fun and different that you would take to a, like a local night to not mm -hmm. like, you know, just stomp everybody with like a, a finely tuned Boba Fett because you have three Boba Fett, three Fire Sprays and three Darth Vaders. But, you know, you you can just take it with the droids and regional governor and kind of have a blast and probably still win a bunch of games as well. 100%. Yeah, and competitive fun deck. If you take it to like you know, over, yeah. world championships, they your opponent can have all their Darth Vader's in their hands when you win on turn five. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do what I did. What it's it's regional governor Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to to drawing with this deck into top eight and to Maddie Chagrin. Oh jeez. Oh, he doesn't. He does not I'm just ready to lose more games with uh, take an opportunity. Fired. Regional governor on waylay and three and three upgrades. Yeah, just crying. yeah. Waylay is the move. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah Justin, I would look forward to. Yeah, you need yeah. to. It's the you, only you need... thing we have without a, without counter spells, without any way to stop removal. There's no there's no ability that makes things untargetable or anything. Regional governor is like the only card that kind of stops a card before it can happen. And well, depending. I mean, governors. you could, you do have shields. So I mean, obviously, like waylay and we're just straight removal defeating units. You don't have. Um, so you have to be aware. You have to, one thing with with Chirrut that we found is you just have to really be aware of your opponent's deck and mm -hmm. how you're playing things. And you do have um, three cost units too. Like Yoda's going to be in the deck, and you can you can kind of you know parlay it a bit with cards like Wing Leader and, and Fleet Lieutenant. Um, 
if you've got enough rubble two drops i'm a big fan of the droids in this deck um so you know you can kind of probe a bit i love i just love the 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 energy of the deck i don't think it's top tier in the sense of competing with boba um or maybe some of the, the best blue black or i'm even looking at Vader and some of these more removal heavy decks. But I do think there's something there because it operates on a completely different axis. I, I remember a few weeks ago, we were play testing with a buddy of mine, Jennifer Stubbley, and um, I was on Luke and he just went regional governor, Jedi lightsaber. And I looked at my hand, I looked at the cards are in my deck. And I'm like, yeah, I, like, I'm just going to yeah. take, you know, four. And then he drammed a, a, a Luke's lightsaber on that. And I was like, I'm just going to take seven. A bunch of times 25 happens fast it's just when the yeah. when a deck does have an answer it just completely shuts it down the one of the reasons i do like the droids is because you can still play a normal deck you you can still get a bunch of card advantage um through right. the droids that like if they are able to stop that first thing you can kind of pivot into you know a quote-unquote more normal curve deck that you know that ramps into luke or redemption or whatever and it's the last thing i'll say is that if this is an interesting thought is like, you know, Waylay's the card I think that sort of stands out the most as, as sort of being a blowout, right? But let's say you don't get a regional government, you don't name it, and you put, um, you know, a, a two drop and then you get a staff on it and they go Waylay. Well, I mean, you claim and you're back to, to, you're back to business. They didn't play a three drop and, you know, there's ways for them to sort of cheat cheat resources, maybe they had a bib and they can untap and Boba play another two drop. But for the most part, that takes their turn and you actually aren't as quite as far behind. And then the, the Chirrut turn, you're up against it a little bit less and he gets to go off. So there is a little bit of, um, and there's not too much at low cost that deals with like a three six. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth too. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, you just want to avoid getting to the point where when did the deck like that, like all of their units outclass yours, right? Like and you right. like you said, the, the cheer it flip turn is still really, really big. Um, you can still follow up with cheap droids and cheap upgrades that let you continue to push. It's really just waylay and power of the dark side that like really blow this deck out. Mm -hmm. And that those really are great. Gone. Sorry, go ahead, Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, it's they're the great cards to name a regional governor, but go ahead. Yeah, and like the strong the strongest point, I think, for our argument for the droids is unlike other decks, when they are your low drops, like people can deal with them pretty easily, they oftentimes just go turns and turns and turns because the focus of your opponent is trying to go after that regional governor with the lightsaber on it, and then the droids just keep plinking away, plinking away. And yeah, Chirrut's the king of that, right? Like, if they go all in on trying to kill Chirrut, and there's so many ways for him to not die, uh, that makes, like... You know that that just changes the whole game of of like them wasting all their resources to do something and failing. Um, yeah, I love this card. Also, I think the text on the card too. I mean, we're thinking it's mainly the plus two plus two, um, but the text is important too. In that, um, if you if you combine this with late, was it Jedi Protector? Is that the card that that gives you um, Sentinel? There's some interesting oh, combination. Protector. There. I think it's just called Protector. protector. Just Protector. Yeah. So and not to mention Chirrut's own ability. Church's ability. ability gives them a bigger booty so they can do their trigger again at least, even if they're going to die. So, mm -hmm. a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. All right. Speaking of a card that's going to be really good against Chirrut, no, not that one. Force Oof. Lightning. <laughs> uh, we should talk about these red cards and what get better. Uh, what decks get better because of them. But Force Lightning making a unit lose all abilities and then 
you know, being able to pay, you know, four to deal six uh, total is really, is really strong. It kills a lot of things, you know, it kills Chirrut on the spot. Uh, and it only goes yeah. up from there. You can, if you have a force unit, you can, you can pay a lot to kill, you know, huge things. He can force lightning spaceships and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting card. Throwback to this decipher game on these two cards. Mm -hmm. um, but I think force lightning, the force unit concept is huge. Like I think when you're playing against black red and you see a fifth brother or any of the inquisitors early and you're going to, you're going to need to prioritize getting them off. Yep the field yeah um, you can't let them hang around between force throw and force lightning i think i think these two cards that we're seeing here are big boons to um to vader decks to you know palp decks yeah uh, i'm sure grand inquisitor this this card lets you get through um you know sentinel or whatever you have to get through right yeah, yeah i'm curious he's a six health you know force unit leader that's hard to kill it, it turns yeah. this on for a while Mm -hmm. Curious about a blue red Vader would just nigh you. I tried it for a little while, but the problem is, is inevitably like green is just always better. Like it's hard not to play, play the actual Vader unit, right? Well, it could be green too. I mean, I think interesting thing about bombing run is, you know, overwhelming barrage sometimes does that, and um, it's sort of the same ability. So, like, if you think about combining black red and green and now having six of these abilities that you can sort of knock off a couple cards depending and have any option which one you're running seems really powerful i think playing against bombing run is going to be interesting for players to think about you really have to um, diversify you can't just, and also just you can't there. always swerve one of the things i like about bombing run as opposed to um overwhelming barrage is sometimes when we want to play resupply we don't have a good unit to to use overwhelming barrage on because we spent the previous turn just playing an event. But mm -hmm. this this is yeah. something that like potentially um, That's the way the point. turn the, the way the turn will go is like they like we resupply they hit us we take initiative we can open up the following turn with bombing run and take out you know ideally you know two units in in a single arena and even if they chose to do something like wing leader or play metal ceremony you know we're likely playing tarkin town in a lot of these bombing run decks that like bombing run combined with the tarkin town can can take out something that they tried to get out of bombing run range i i got a hot take for you uh oh everyone's talking about the super laser wrath i bet your bombing run has more of an impact in both deck building and the meta yeah, yeah man, I mean, it, it comes down earlier. Yeah, comes it, down on five. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think that. I think you're right. I think. Yeah. Right. It can I, be played I think in right. decks too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny too because for weeks now, in our group chat, all like every other day, someone's like, "I mean, I really hope they make a power classroom. I really hope they make a power classroom. Something's got to come out." And sure enough, they deliver. Yep. So our prayers are uninitiated. A pyroclasm effect is like a, a card, a red card that does damage to a bunch of different units, the same amount of damage. Yeah, lower, um, lower damage. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like a smaller uh, damage. And the effect. damage sticks too. So if you think about this in a blue deck in combination with the takedown, um, you could you could play bombing run and not kill everything, but you know, no, but yeah, work your way into a leader. Hit some of the higher units also, and, and feel okay with it. Yeah, we t like I think Red Palp is the more popular one, right? And like Bombing Run 
okay, the, you know, steal a guy. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good turn. Mm-hmm. Kill a bunch of stuff, steal somebody. You still have a couple that's more true. resources. You could even like. Um, How about yeah, this like one? You, you could follow. Yeah, yeah, you go with it. Use Emperor's ability to sack a guy, draw a card, ping one of their four defensive guys, and then mm-hmm. wipe the board mm-hmm. with Bonnerum. Yeah, Not I bad. love it. Yeah, because you, you have you have all this, you know, these resources on eight with with red is a lot, you know. The removal just got a lot better. Like the the, the removal base decks just got a lot better in these last, you know, wave of spoilers. Can I, I Steve? You just reminded me. I got to live the dream with the Emperor the other day. I I got to ping. A K two, flip, take it, attack, sack it. Oh it was it was just the great. That's like, the dream. That was like oh, I think I'm just a Palpatine so player now. You did that against me. <laughs> yeah, I did I'm it against Chrono, and he was like, <laughs> "All right." I, I almost didn't see the line, but then I I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" It was so funny. Actually, it's pretty interesting with Bobby run with with um K two both ways because of the overwhelming ability, and then just him you know trampling over the. Yeah, whatever's the left. The rest of it, yeah. but then also doing three because then he would die. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of play. Um, so I'll ask the question that Maddie asked about Super Laser Blast earlier. Is this a three of in red control decks? I'm more inclined to run this as a three because it's a five cost. And like the way that I'm building a lot of my control decks, so this in my lens would be red-green, is like I want my two-drop. I want my ramp, I want my five drop. And I want to hit those every time. Like I need my impact five drops if I'm playing it that way. So for me, I would start with three. I think it's good. I'd agree with you, Matty. Almost all my decks are going to 48 threes, to visit, you know, 48 divided by three. And then I'm finding two cards. Mm-hmm. Like Hashtag new math. Yeah, new, new math. math. <laughs> we should have kept, we should have recorded 48 that divided part. by three is old math, but yes. Like I'm 16 for the extra and I'm, 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 I know it's old now. Jeez. <laughs> what is this division? I was good with the other three. Yeah. What's a function? All right. Uh, we got, let's, uh, all right, let's talk about U-Wing reinforcement. I was going to say, we have to come back yeah. to that. Because okay. we're, yeah, we, we are, but we are, we're at like 38 minutes now at least. So um, let's. Well, no in our group. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's all good. It's. We go long. <laughs> I'm flies when you're doing yeah, new math with a new game. Yeah. <laughs> new well, Star Wars. All right. So I played a We're couple games. We're going to start recording our intros now. I played a couple games with this card and I was a little underwhelmed, but I loved the potential of oh, it. Wow. But I like, I played it in Luke and, and I played it three times and I never hit the seven drop Luke or like I never hit uh, Obi Wan plus Bale. I never was able to do three cards. A, like total including Akbar. Like I just never get to do Okay, the I was going to say things. you're playing Akbar? Okay, yeah. I never got to do the broken things that I wanted to do. It was still totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like I still did like a Kanan Akbar turn where I killed a leader. It was to- it was totally fine, but it just didn't That's pretty good. It it was pretty good, but like it's also at you know the seven resource turn where they're playing, you know, they're following up with like a Dooku or a Vader or something, you know. So it didn't do as much as I wanted it to, but I think the potential is really small, strong, and I think it's like insane in the aggro decks. I think it's insane follow up to something like a super laser blast or yep. a bombing run. But I don't know how good it is when you're just like proactive trying to build your board on seven resources. Seems to me, and happy to eat my words, but I think for a lot of decks, it's your first card in against those board wipes. Um, I think a str- I think a streamlined strategy could work, but like 
think of aggro aggro matchups, right? Like it's an attrition war. This is what you bring in in those matchups. Say you're playing against Super Laser Tech. This is what you're bringing in to be like, you know, good luck, pal. But I think I, I think you identified something important there is like when you're just being proactive with it, like the power level is pretty good, but it's not like you're still paying something seven I'm gonna for hang. something that that would have cost you seven anyway. Where yeah. it gets yeah. interesting is like the broken potential playing things that are off yeah. aspect. Um, here can be like really crazy, like playing playing you know, seven drop Luke in a red green deck or something. I don't know. But like, you know what I yeah. mean? You get the, the whenever you take, whenever you see the word free, you've got to start thinking about the potential things you could play that are free. So I think two things with this card. One, I agree a hundred percent of the off color stuff. It's at first, I first thought I was like, Oh, Vader. And then I was like, wait, that doesn't, yeah, really it doesn't work. work. Me too. <laughs> Imperial. Um, I was like, Vader will be great. But I think, you know, having a, a deck that plays a lot of little cards so going back to that sort of new math thing, right? You think about being a 44-card aggro deck and then just jamming three, three of this and, like, three maces if you happen to hit mace. And just think of your combinations. Um, but there's a lot of neat ones. I mean, Akbar sort of stands out as, like, the really, really big one there because um, it turns into a removal spell. But there's some interesting ones. Wedge and a green squadron A-wing is really interesting because you get to attack for four mm -hmm. and ambush in, in space. Um, and then also just drop a big body. You mentioned um, Callus, but there's a lot. K2 is a is a really I love it in red. Um, thinking about just the ability to jam more versions of K2. I feel like there was a there was a time a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, Mike, where I was just mulling for K2 mm -hmm. against matchups where I knew I was eventually going to get outclassed because it just that ability was able to to put me over the top. I so. mean, how about dropping this and like uh, K2 and fighters of for freedom as a follow up to like a super laser blast, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. The There's definitely a strong power level. The interesting aspect for me with it is you getting two to three cards off of one action. So being able to play this on seven, getting two, two, two guys or two units, whatever you want to call it, or three units, and then immediately being able to claim and having initiative for the next turn, as opposed to having to play like a five drop, then a two drop, and then they claim, and then now you're you're on right. the back foot already on eight. Yeah. So I think that's Pair, really good at Leia, go you know, being Pair with Fleet Lieutenant. You know what I mean? Now now we'll take that to the next level, right? Now we've taken that action and we get an attack action. And they have to respond, and we can claim. Yeah, Marvel, that's a great point, Steve. There's a whole bunch of stuff, and there's buffs. You think of the Donna. There's a lot of there's a lot of combinations. I think this is one to sort of look at with the full spoiler out and think about all the combinations. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at what a lot of units. You're looking at probably forty plus units in this deck, and you're just trying to maximize hitting, you know, really great units and having board having a board already. I mean, imagine Akbar doing like four or five, which he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about like. You go, Mike. And I was just say, I think Dodonna is really slept on as like a one of in some of these decks. Yeah, I like Fleet Lieutenant and the the X Wing. Like, okay, <laughs> my guy got two experience tokens and attacked in. That's pretty nutty. Um, while we're on the topic of these, what do you think about Bail Organa? I know he came out a couple days ago, but uh, I think he's kind of interesting in like the Luke curve deck or, or just like with this, with you wing reinforcements where you might want to just like have a one drop in there that starts pumping people. I'd love to find an Avenue where you could fit this into 
Chariot, that uh, boggle type. We were talking blue, blue. I don't know if it would work with blue, green, but think about like something where you have proactive two drops that they have to deal with, where he can kind of just sneak by turn after turn and just staffing on people. Because like if you go, if you if you have bailout and you have the governor with a lightsaber. Their whole focus is going to be on the governor with the lightsaber. Then they're going to kill the governor with the lightsaber, and then it's all going to be about sure the whole time. Bale's just in there going plink, plink. I mean, what plink. if you open Bale R two, and then all of a sudden R two has got a lightsaber and a plus one plus one token, and like that seems like an insane start. Like we've talked a little bit yeah. about um, how in in this game aggro is kind of on the back foot because you can't start with a one drop when your opponent doesn't play a one drop. We start on two and everyone kind of equalizes with, with a two drop on turn one. Um, being able to open one drop, one drop, and have one help the other even be stronger seems really like a place that aggro should want to yeah. be. Follow that up with C-3PO, and now you're trying to make up on the card advantage yeah, too. Or, or Electro like, Staff yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Chirrut, but I like them in, like, I mean, just to try it. I don't know if it would work, but, like, Leia with all ones and twos and threes and really stopping the it. The low-curve Leia. Like just mm -hmm. K2, probably you'd stop it. And um, it works with four cards, too. Probably still gets outclassed by, like, Boba in mid-range, but I think it's an interesting concept to be able to, to pump your team. Yeah. yeah. I like, one the, I like the blue-green Chirrut. One token like goes a long idea, way. Steve. So, like, even getting one activation out of him if he gets a kill or you, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Yeah, I think I think there's there's power level there for sure. All right. Uh, kind of want to wrap up, but is there anything you wanted to say about the ghost, Justin? I know you had brought up. I like it. I think it's interesting. Ensure it. I think it gives an ability that um, hero hasn't totally had at that spot. You know, villains got a lot of space units um, at six, and hero doesn't. And with a shield, and I don't necessarily view it as like a Hera. Thing, and I think it might compete. My, you know, my chariot. I don't think has Boba in it right now, and I don't think I have any six drops. But it'd be interesting to play like one Obi and one Ghost, and just sort of have the ability to maybe hit that if it if it feels, you know, if you happen to draw it. Um, you said your chariot doesn't have a Boba in it, but what card did you mean? To I'm, say? I'm sorry, an Obi. Obi, me. got it. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I might be like 48, you know, 48 cards, and then those two sort of Mize cards would be like mm -hmm. the two sixes. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I'd be thinking. Shielded five five ship. There's definitely something there. Um, whether or not you go off all, all, all in, but with one set, if you, yeah, I think if you need something there, and like, hey, you can also mize, like, oh, my Kanan's out, sick, right? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, it's got some play. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about today was like, how how are we like adjusting how we're play testing going forward? Like for you know six weeks or whatever, we've been jamming different configurations against each other. And just sort of like figuring out what works. But now we have the full set. Uh, so all our deck lists are kind of rendered useless. We have to we have to like legitimately go back and reevaluate our deck lists and, and fix them and Lush. potentially use sideboards. So like I spent I, don't know, I spent like an hour yesterday doing that and I got through two decks and I didn't even feel great about where they were at. I was like, this is a lot of one ofs. I need to test Boba Fett and see like what's working and what's not. And now that there's so many cards, like do I want the the Java package? Do I want shoot first? Like, what am I really mm -hmm. trying to do here? So, what what's you guys' plan to like reattack this game now that like we're out of the we're out of the preseason and we're sort of like getting ready for week one? 
I think you gotta I'll look at this. what matters. Like overwhelming barrage was a card that just sort of was one of the most sort of impactful cards in a lot of our games. It's like, oh, barrage, okay, yeah, let's pack it up after that. And now it feels like there's a few more cards that are like that. Like there's more cards that that sort of have a similar impact of like that's what matters type of card. Like when I play this, that's when I pull ahead. So um, I think just sort of finding the new versions, whether it's bombing run or whether it's super laser blast or whether it's the best blue black control color combination like that's sort of where the angle looks like right now for me as someone who's taking a pre pretty lackadaisical approach to this game the past month uh i'm pretty excited that i didn't waste a whole lot of time because like <laughs> you said like everything kind of got flipped upside down and everything needs to be reevaluated and reworked um, the big thing for me, I, what I'm really looking forward to, is now that we have all the cards and we know what the distribution is, starting to do some drafts. Um, sealed has always been my favorite aspect of Magic um, and the fact that there is a draft format for this. And now that we have all the actual um, distribution percentages or whatever you want to call it, um, being able to get on there and get some drafts in will be pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely looking forward to limited. I think as someone who probably spent some of the most time playing in the preseason, uh, I'm glad I did it. I I learned a lot. I I do need to confirm something. So like when I go into this now, I'm gonna be like, okay, I think everyone knows I'm a big Iden stan. Uh, is my is my blue green Iden still good into Boba? Check that off the list. Okay, what is what is kicking my butt, and how much can I hedge towards my bad matchups? while still having my good matchups. And so that's, I think, where the sideboarding is going to come in and just seeing how aggressive I can take it. Um, but I think doing those little configuration tests that we did earlier, it's like, you know, I have like my anti-aggro, my anti-boba, and then, you know, seeing where you want it all to shake out. But um, I think now that you have every card, I think I think you make your sideboards bigger right now as your play test. Yeah. Like I would double your sideboard and just and just say, you're not like... It's all for learning, so you got to be like, what is good here? And, and I, I think, think one of their big thing too. The big question along those lines, too, Maddie, is with the actual deck building, are we? Where do we want to position ourselves pre-board? Like, are we going to be pre-boarded against aggro, and then have our board kind of shore up the control mid-range matchups, or are we going in? knowing we're going to be a little weak to aggro and then overloading the sideboard with those aggro matchup cards. Yeah. I've yeah. written about this a little in an article that's going to come out in the next like week or two, but about how like the list, like we're in a state of flux. Like the list doesn't matter until we actually have to like submit it for something like a league match or a, you know, a tournament or whatever. So like figuring out what the pre-board configuration is is like a future future problem and like we just want to test configurations until we actually ever have to make that decision in which case like mm -hmm. we look at the meta we look what won last week we look what people are saying about what won last week and like making that judgment call um but for now you You're just right, want to, I agree. right like you, right now you just want to test different configurations and figure out like like what the what the configuration even is against an index like an index aggro or an index control and that way when it mm -hmm. comes time to make the call we know where we want our deck because we know all the versions of our deck that exist you know using all the cards as a playground mm -hmm. right like 100%. the ktd has won five majors in a row which sure at what point do the upgrade hates go in the main like you know what, the magic bullet <laughs> one mana gray defeat all upgrades <laughs> it's coming
main deck three. Yeah, naming yeah. a regional governor. Yeah, man. Do we, do we? At what point do they play regional governor? Naming regional governor. Like, I, I, when does the madness stop? All right. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before I hit you with my surprise? Oh, I want to know what the surprises. <laughs> All right. Like, get, get on with it. All right. It's contest time. Okay, so this is this is my this is my idea for a contest that like I want to do with you guys, and I'll invite other people. First caveat: a box is twenty-four packs, so we're all anteing eight packs, and so the winner gets a box, essentially, okay. because you'd keep your eight and you get the eight back. How's my math, Justin? New math. Hashtag new math. Did it? Nice. All right. So legendary is the mythic rare of Star Wars Unlimited, Steve. <laughs> that was the question you were about to ask. Um, I'm curious. We're all if... anti-eight. We'd all be anti-eight six. I told you it was the no, last. because then I would only get 18 20. packs. I want to win a box. I want to win 24 packs. I get to keep oh, my you're winning, winning as the oh, thing. Yeah, okay. that yeah, works. Yeah, okay. yeah. Check I your... thought we were all chipping in. Check, and then we check were... your new math for me, please, before you come at me. Get back to the old math. Old math, Justin. It still so we're works. contributing a box worth of packs. The losers. The, the winner gets the winner gets a box from the other three people, but it, so it's right, like deal. an eight pack ante. Yeah, um, <laughs> just just have eight packs set aside for when you lose. So you uh, guess the price. We all know you're gonna win this. Like you guess the price yeah, right? of the I'm of the legendary. <laughs> you guys are all. Like, you guys are all so I guess I guess every like I guess the Avengers five bucks right, but after a month, so it ends. It's going to end the TCG mid price on April eighth, which is one month after release. But it's really yeah. like a twelve dollar card, right? So I'm okay. seven off, and then the person with the least amount of dollars off the total legendary runs price wins the contest. Okay. So. Hey, I'll- I'll say this: If nothing else, I'm impressed with your Excel skills here, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, all yeah. all you have to do, all you have to do is literally just guess the price of each thing. We doing deal. this right now? No, no. You, click, this you have. Just click on. Can you click on us sell in the F in the F column? Though I'm just curious. I just want to see. <laughs> Ooh, a function at the top there. Yeah, he's got functions. I like it. Functions. Cool. So we'll submit these, and then we can talk about them next time. Is that well? We'll talk about or? them in a month. Oh, good. Oh, right. Can okay. We submit cool. it like separate, like we're we're hiding. Yeah. Well, Ooh. you can. I'm gonna do mine first, so you guys can email them to me, and I'll send it all to you. But I, what I want is like all the viewers too. Like I want viewers to do it, and then we'll come up with like some small prize for whoever wins out of viewers. That's fun. I like that. that right. So I'll have this link in the spread. I'll have this link in the YouTube in the podcast notes, and then like if you can't find it, you can just DM me, Bobby Sapphire, on Discord, or email me at. Um, Mike at gmail.com, I guess, and we'll get you in. But we'll we'll find some small prize or some like play mat or something. And for us, we're gonna gamble a box of our packs away. Man, I Love didn't it. even know you had that email. <laughs> I have a million emails you don't know about. All right, so just Steve for the for the <laughs> the simple thing is guess the price. All right, these are the right, things. Guess the price. I'll do all. I'll like do the it. rest. Uh, all right, so that was our first podcast. We came came in in just under an hour, which was my dream. So, did you guys want to say anything else? My kid is screaming downstairs, and I got a when is this over text, so uh, I'm good, but you guys see. Dad life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dad life. Cool. No, I love it. We'll be we'll be doing more of these, and hopefully, you know, I think hit up hit up Bobby for um, content you want to see. Because yeah, we're, you know, we're kind of at the precipice of this, but I think we'll, yeah, we'll let be us able know. to meet the viewers with what they want. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next time. See you, boys. Oh. Company!